0: part of the all everything entertainment podcasting network
1: working fans podcast cool Yep. all right here we go coming down in three two
2: welcome back for another week of the working fans podcast This is AJ, I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us, and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans.
3: We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R-8-2-designs at F-O-U-R-8-2-designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to 4 82 2 designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality t-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs.
0: First off, the light years better than our first one. Also, like, the vibe to washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality.
3: Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in hopefully before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R 8-2 Designs. Sure. Welcome
4: back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This week, we have two special guests because we are highlighting a special event that's going on over the next couple weekends. We want to welcome Enemy the and Chumzilla, how are you guys doing today? We're fucking fantastic.
0: <laughs> My man. We're
4: doing great. <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> Enemy, you can find him on Twitter, at EnemyTheIllest. Facebook, EnemyTheIllest. Same with Instagram. And it's com. Yes. You just look for such albums as Hate Me Quietly, While You Were Sleeping, Growing Pains. Chumzilla, he's on Twitter, at Chumzilla. Chumzilla on Facebook and Instagram, and it's chumzilla.bandcamp.com. Look for such albums as Terra Incognita, Take Your Time, Get Off the Earth, The Human Obscene, and The Earthman's Curse. The Earthman's Curse oh, yeah. is probably one of the greatest albums of all time. No joke. Not because I know you, not because I listen to it. I listen to it almost, literally every single day. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. It doesn't show up in my algorithm that you do that. <laughs> 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 I don't it. it's on my phone, so I paid for it. I actually paid for your music. There you go. Now guys, if you could tell us a little bit about why you're here, this is Hip Hop for the Homeless 7, if you can give us a little background on it, for those awesome. not familiar. 7th Year started many years ago as just kind of like a, an idea of just getting all local Kinetic artists
1: together, volunteering <laughs> your time to do something great with our With our music, you know, of course we like to do shows for, to get paid, we do shows for fun and stuff like that, we make money doing it, which is wonderful, but it's to get everyone to donate their time this time of year to raise as much money as possible to give back to the community, the homeless shelters, it's to help with people that have nothing this time of year. Every, every show, every year, like locally, if like a show's in Bridgeport, it goes to the local Bridgeport facility, if the show's like we we do a show in Jewish City and it goes to the St Mary's food pantry, it all goes locally. We know exactly where the money's going, it comes right to us and we distribute it properly to the right the right means. Every every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and better and it's this year I already know that our goal was like five thousand dollars because last year we did about five thousand dollars in donations and I think we're almost up to that right now because we have a, a go a go page for it which is on my instagram bio and my facebook bio and all my links for my websites the link is there to to donate and we're already up to almost five thousand dollars and the shows haven't even started yet so this year is going to be the biggest year it's going to be awesome it's going to be huge it's really exciting to see that people are already donating so much money and they're already supporting it and it hasn't even started yet so it's really phenomenal to see so thank you everyone already for donating yeah, it's actually at four thousand four hundred and forty as of this morning. Yes. And I I was mind blown that it's that close to the goal. Oh you oh, broke. And the first show is what? First show is uh is on the fourth. So it's in No, Friday.
4: Two two days, yeah. Two days in New Britain. It starts. Wow. I keep forgetting December already. It's December already. December. Yeah, it's crazy how quick it came, especially with how COVID has affected everything this year. <clears throat> like, a, like a first date. It's what? how
0: quick it came. <laughs> Chum has got jokes. I really like this guy. <laughs> oh, I, I DJ a bunch of uh, comedy shows. So. Now, I actually, I was telling Joe before we started this because he was telling me, you know, you guys' name. and He said Chum Zilla. And I I was laughing. 'Cause at first I'm like, oh that's fun. Then I'm like, you know, the Quake just to pro wrestling. I'm like, why can't he have a normal name like Henry O. Godwin? <laughs> you know, I'm like thinking like I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> so Phineas Igod. Phineas said. yes. They're right, they were the pig and the hog farmer, yes. <laughs> but I wanna ask you, uh, cause Joe had said you were on the Art of Wrestling Podcast with Cole Cabana. How did that come about? And maybe tell me a little about your uh, wrestling fandom. Well,
1: Colt posted a thing where he was like looking to help out independent artists
4: on promoting through his podcast during COVID, you know, get more of like, a spotlight or whatever. So I, I sent, him a direct, sent him a DM with a link. he's like, pick, he wanted me to pick the song. And I was like, no, you pick the fucking song. So, <laughs> you know, and he, he picked the joint feature in uh, Eric Lamb he threw it on there, which song on oh, site like, oh. the solo joint. Shout out to Eric Lamb, one of the greatest, funkiest rappers around. So. yeah. Mm. And uh to think like, of that Cole actually just is digging on him, digging on me, here about where I'm from and all this stuff. So it was, cool. it was pretty cool. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I heard it on there. I was like, holy shit, that's it's cool to hear somebody from around here get that kind of exposure. Yeah, call for the cold dude, man. He's a good dude. Yeah, now, Enemy, who are some of the artists that are going to be featured on this hip-hop for the homeless store? It's the only thing I didn't write down. That's okay. There's, like, I mean, there's tons and tons of people. Chumzilla being one of them because
1: he's a staple. He's a cornerstone, and uh, he does a lot. He does... He puts up a lot of crap. So shout out to Chumzilla. <laughs> <laughs> <be patient. laughs> we that don't know Chumzilla too much. Um, I have, like, a list, like, in front of me, so I'm going to be rude and, like, read off it. There's a... Uh, Chesty's gonna be there. Ben Grimm's doing it. Big Murph, uh, Jobo, Mugsy, myself, Strife, Joey Bats, Gambit, Sketch, uh, Cataclysm. Who is out? Justin Liftshits, Iverius, and live Mike. Did I say that wrong? is no. Chef, the chef. It's and there's a, listen. There's tons and tons of artists. The there's a flyer on my Instagram at Enemy of the Illist. I'll be putting up another flyer. In days too, just to refresh everyone. There's little posted notes on the bottom of all the names. Uh Most of the names I know that our Red Baron's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Lynch is doing it. You know Ron from me and Strife and Ron doing our live videos on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. One third, boys. Yeah. He's one third of the banter boys. So <laughs> he's the kind of uh, what would what would he do? He's kind of like the the voice of reason, right? Except for when he rips his shirt off. The last live video he he ripped his entire shirt off his body. <laughs> I kind of, like, asked him to, but I didn't know he was actually going to do it. So he did he do the whole, like, like build-up? No, he just, he, 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 like, faked it, and I heard the neck of his shirt kind of rip, and I said, dude, just rip your shirt off. He's like, he just ripped it right off, and I was like, why'd you do that? He went full Hogan with it. Mm. I wish you would have done, like, the full, you know. Yeah. So... Anyway, tons of artists. It all started with like a lot of Connecticut artists, like rappers and singers and whatnot. And then it branched out. We we'll take some people that uh, people got really interested in. Like Arachusis is from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And he comes. He's been doing it the last few years, and he always loves to come to support. He brings people from out of state to show them. It's it's cool to be nice, you know, It's it's the time of year to, to give back and to give people to people that have absolutely nothing, you know. So it's a small it's a small token of what you can do. For your community, for other people that really need it, and it's the, the time of year to, to really do it. Should do it all all year, but yeah. now it's an excuse to really pay it forward and to donate a lot, donate your time, donate. I mean, most years we accept clothing donations and canned good donations, but this year it's a little bit tougher to get that out to places. So we're asking a lot of like money donations. We'll make sure that it gets to the right hands and goes to the right places. You, you got trust in us to do it, but we've done it every single year and we've made huge differences all, all over the state doing it so but if you want to donate physical stuff the biggest things that are needed right now for homeless people in socks and sleeping bags socks and sleeping bags yes and, and uh feminine products too yeah feminine products don't forget it. don't forget that a lot of people all right tampons all right tampons all right <laughs> tampons but I mean, they'll take coats and stuff like that. But a lot of people—people yeah. donating coats and hats and coats and hats—they don't realize that they need toiletries. They
4: need yeah. sleep. They need <laughs> socks, clean underwear. That's super important. It's overlooked most of
1: the time too, and it's something just to, to readdress with listeners out there, people listening in and coming to these shows. And we'll address it during the shows too. But it's—it's yeah. it's very important that people are aware of that. Also, I mean, of course, they need coats and whatnot. But those are some things that people don't yeah. necessarily remember. OG
4: Kenny from Out Here told me that. Oh, okay. You no, know, because I just ran out that him. We had a dude that we call OG Kenny. He was a homeless guy, and he was one of the most helpful dudes ever. Used to help me load in and out of the Oasis all the time. Mm -hmm. Helped me move to three different studios, and asked for nothing in return. Yeah, just to help use this to help her. Nice. And it's good that you're able to start a tradition of giving back to people like that. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's it's trying to like spread it so people understand that it's it's easy enough to do, so
5: do it all the time.
0: You know. I'm just curious, like. As performers, you know, I hear wrestlers and even athletes say that, you know, sometimes doing promotion, obviously you want to promote this, this is a great cause, but sometimes like promotion and stuff like that for events is a bit of a grind. What do you guys think? Like what's, I mean, you obviously must love performing, but what are some of the drawbacks, like uh, doing what you what
1: do? The promotion is concerned we realize so much nowadays. I come, Chum you know, and I come from the old school
0: days of putting up flyers on poles, you know, flyers at shows and stuff like that. That day is gone
1: where... People put a flyer up on on social media and they expect everyone to to wanna come to it, but it's a flash in the pan nowadays. You put a flyer up today for a show in two weeks, people a week from now will forget all about it because there's so much stuff in their face. So
0: it gets lost in the algorithm. It's the
1: fine art of beating the algorithm, politely begging your friends to like and share posts, which seems easy enough, but you can we do live videos and we'll say, Hey, just like and share this post and people in the comments will be like, I'm gonna like this and share this and they flat out lie to you, and <laughs> no one likes it, and no one shares it, because if it's on their page, their friends see it, they don't understand, it costs nothing to do that, and it helps out considerably. So if you see a flyer, or if you see a friend doing something, and they say like and share just like it and share it. You share memes about farts. Star Wars, farts, you know? Star Wars and farts, those are the only two memes I really absolutely love. So <laughs> and, and flyers for shows. But it's it's become a, a, a real tough grind, because one everyone is
5: oversaturating everything everybody raps and everybody a show and everyone
4: is
1: you know everyone's doing it so it's like you have to like find a good time to get in there and you have to use your social media as a tool if you want or even use it as a toy things are either tools or toys that's it so trying to use it as a tool trying to beat the algorithm and outsmart what's going on it that's one of the toughest parts is to get people to actually come out with in turn, this year should be a great turnout because some most years in the past, we've had weather problems where snow's kept people away. We've had excuse problems where people are like, oh, I wish I would have made it. I wish I knew about it and we've been promoting for months. Three. Oh, I didn't even know the day after. I wish I would have known. I would have gone. Now you have no excuse. You can sit at home. You can drink. You can <laughs> eat a little food. You can do whatever you want. You watch your kids run around and still be a part of the show and have zero excuse of why you shouldn't show up and tune in and in turn donate which we always appreciate everyone coming out to the shows we appreciate everyone liking. even the people that show up after the show and they're like oh i wish i would have known about it well try to make an effort next year to come or you can still donate you know there's always a a reason why you can instead of a reason
0: why you can't you know so the biggest drawback of promoting it is promoting it yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) no i get that you know it's funny i was actually asking people today like other podcasters, like what do you guys do to help promote? You know, people with more views than us, and it's all the same. Social media, Instagram, Twitter, and I'm like, man, I want something different. <laughs> like, is there a you secret? It's a lot of hard work and a lot of homework where you
1: have to like, interact with people. You can't just
5: yeah. hope
0: that people
1: are going to see you and repost stuff. Right. People comment on your stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of this, too. I don't do it a lot of times. It's like you can't just like their comment. You have to comment and, and comment back to them get into a conversation it's exhausting sometimes yeah. it's all part of this you have to put in the homework and you have to put in this hard work to, to generate likes and views and more of a, a basis and a fan base and stuff because rare is a million to one where you're going to get like re, retweeted and go viral and yeah. stuff. Like you can't hope that every single time you're going to go viral and like in my case I'm, I'm honestly pretty socially inept in a lot of areas mm. <laughs> and, um, like I'm going to shut it you know, I'm a total introvert. I don't go anywhere. Lockdown was nothing for me. Just yeah, a, just lockdown. another day. <laughs> but like, was, you're an expert at lockdown. Yes, you I say a lot of really dumb shit on Twitter, right? But it gets a lot of interaction. You know, so then like during a lot of that, I'll sneak in like, "Hey, there's Terry Incognito." Yeah, and you, you definitely do that. You know, It'll it'll it poke the bees nest, and when the bees come out, and you're like, "Here's my
5: album." Mm. And then, if they buy it or they listen to it.
4: And my numbers go up a little bit, and I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. You just got to kind of engage and get yeah. into it with people and, you know, get the word out. I just
1: hope that people support you.
4: And, and it's like people will say they support you and stuff like that. But like I
1: said before, it takes nothing to like and reshare something and tell somebody about it. It's free. It's free to tell your friend, hey, listen to the podcast. It's free to tell your friend, hey, tune into this streaming free concert on this night when you're already going to be home it's free you don't have to drive anywhere you don't pay a cover charge you don't have to be like asked to do anything you don't have to donate you just tune in and it's just you're a part of it and that's what we want people to understand too don't feel obligated to do anything just tune in and tell your friends about it that's it and now how can people watch this uh, the individual
4: performances there'll be there'll be uh, more information coming up this week with links and all the details for
1: it right now it's just kind of still uh, finalizing all the loose ends but they'll we'll be blasting out where you can be seeing it like which services will be streaming
4: it and all the details to follow with that nice now i i almost got the impression from reading joey Bat's facebook that this year almost not happened yeah, we didn't know how we were going to do it, because at first, when lockdown first happened, of
1: course, you're like, oh, it's going to last a month, and it'll be back to normal. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, seven eight months later, you're like, oh my gosh, nothing's changed. No live venues are open, no music, no shows. People are doing shows and getting fined for it. They're getting in trouble. Yeah, they're, I don't want to go to one right now. Yeah, I mean, people won't... Even if we could do a live show, who would show up to it? People would be too afraid. What are we going to do, perform with masks on and stuff like that? So... We're just trying to adapt and overcome. And said, well, "Why don't we do like virtual shows? Will it work? We didn't know. We just—we don't even know if it's gonna work. I don't know. Just, we've never done this before, so it's—it relies solely on the people tuning in and supporting it. Trying to make this year the best we can make it up with what we have—the cards, the hand we, we were dealt. We're trying to do our best, so. With that said, you know, we want people to still support, but even more so this year because it's like, it's so outside of what we're used to. We're making lemonade out of lemons.
4: or making chicken salad out of chicken food. <laughs> 100%. Now, Dave, do you have any more wrestling questions before no. before we wrap up here? I'm just going to read something quick off the go. Yeah, yeah,
0: I got one question. Not really a wrestling question. Just as uh, performers, not having that live crowd, is that is that challenging? First time, right? Yeah.
1: It's 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 weird because I was talking with Stripe, who was my rapid counterpart, about my live set relies a lot on crowd participation. Yeah. It relies, Joe, you've been to shows. You see the call and response. You know that I I say put your hands up, and it's gonna be like.
4: Are you out there putting your hands on <laughs> I know, and it's especially wild when it's in Jewett City, too, because if anybody has put Jewish City on its back, it's enemy. And when you see him say, Jewish City, stand up, Jewish City gets up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, well, we, so we don't know how this is going to be. It's
1: yeah. all, here goes nothing, really. You know, it's just kind of like, we're going we're gonna to wait and see. Like, it's weird, because the we way I DJ, I feed off the crowd, Right. And when I'm down on my studio when I'm live,
0: I don't have that. Like, I got my Macho Man cut out, and I got Wu-Tang posters, you know? Cool. <laughs> 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 you get bored real fast. You know? Yeah. And you can't rely on the people commenting in and seeing It's not as organic as, yeah. as people in your face. And even I miss the, the people that would come up and be like, Yo, what are you going to do this song? <laughs> oh, and I'm like, just let me... Do it, but I don't um, miss it. So <laughs> all right, I miss everything about live. Football. So we're gonna—it's it's uncharted territory. We're gonna just go into it and just make the best of it. Awesome. See what happens. All right. Nice. Well, we will definitely be
5: checking out for that.
4: And here's something I got quick off the GoFundMe page. It just says we are trying to raise five thousand dollars, and here's the breakdown. With these funds, we can ensure that all five shelters, the five cities, I'm guessing and organizations who we are working with get $600 each, and they can cover all expenses for the t-shirts, because a $25 donation gets you a t-shirt, and that'll cover anything that wasn't covered by the sponsors, and they can make sure that all production is completely taken care of. Virtual performances are definitely popular now, but we want to make sure that we can bring you the best quality shows we can. Top of the line audio, video, and live coverage and interviews with the local artists that you wanna see. And if they go over $5,000, they'll split up the dollar amount and give it to the individual shelters and organizations. I put in my $25. I'm hoping that all our listeners can too, especially the ones in the area. But even if you're not in the area, contribute. Hmm. Yeah, Chum, if you can give us one last reason to contribute, and just one outgoing message. The reason to contribute is because it's the right thing to do. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But, uh, yeah, it, it is the right
1: thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's like this time of year, you have a little bit of something, you have food in your fridge, you have electricity, you have Wi Fi, you just bought the new uh, Star Wars Squadron's game, you know. It's like you have <laughs> the money for that like little bit of stuff. So just give a little bit to someone that has absolutely nothing. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. And where it is. I'm probably, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't care. This is what I'm here for. Um, some guys that work
0: at WWE are handling production for the Hartford show. Wow. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. yeah. You can got an exclusive. A
0: goddamn exclusive. I love it. <laughs>
1: nice. So, yeah, that, that, that lets the whistle right there a little bit. So, you can yell at me all the he wants right. Were that. you were supposed to say that? I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, it's been it's said.
4: <laughs> All right, well, this will release tomorrow, so we will, well, hmm. shit, now when people are hearing it, it'll be today, but, <laughs> hey, it'll be out there. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Best of luck, and we will be watching you. Thank
0: you, guys. Thank Enjoy. you. All
4: right,
0: have a good night. All right, everybody. It's Working Fans Podcast with Dave versus AJ. And we're going right into it because AJ's on the road, and he doesn't even know what the debate's going to be. So I'm going to tell you right now, and we're going to get right into it. This is about as raw as it gets, folks. AJ, today's debate is going to be who is the better ECW heavyweight champion, Shane Douglas or Taz? it's uh,
5: an
0: easy one. I'll take Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas it is. All right, so i got to defend Taz. So here it goes. Taz is the most probably legitimate champion there was in ECW in a sense that he really had a bigger aura than anybody. I don't think there was a bigger presence despite his size than Taz. Taz really came off like he could legit kick anybody's ass and hurt you. We thought that guy was the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Now he wasn't. He was a tough guy, but he really was good at carrying himself in a way that nobody, you thought nobody could touch him. I think that's a pretty fair assessment.
5: Well, he carried himself in a way that even when he finally got to the WWE, fucking Kurt Angle believed his
0: gimmick. Right, right, right. Very good. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's amazing to think about that. You know, Now, before we even get into your defense shade, we have to tell people, you're actually a pretty big Taz fan. Oh, I am. Right.
5: I I, bel- I believe Taz was one of those people, though, in ECW who didn't need a title. Right. And his runs as a champion were not necessarily a big part of ECW growing. I think it's what he did when he wasn't a champion that helped. Now, if you want to talk about who is the more important star to ECW, it's a whole other mm-hmm. can of worms. Sure. Uh, uh-huh. Who was bigger as the actual ECW heavyweight champion, my god, the franchise made everybody look like gold.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because he was the guy that kind of first put the belt on the map. Um, He was the guy, you know, he threw down the NWA title, which I think is a very significant part in the history of that brand. So it's a little hard to argue that. And that was something I was thinking about this as we are going on. Um, You know, it's interesting because... You know, I gave you the choice, so...
5: <laughs> I think you can kind of see I'm kind of leaning towards shade a little bit, too. <laughs> well, 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 here's the thing about both
0: of them. Yeah. Both
5: of them had the same thing happen to them, too. Yeah. Neither one of them were able to translate to the bigger show. For whatever reason, The WWE and WCW didn't know what to do with either one of them, even though both of them were absolutely phenomenal in getting over in ECW. Now, how much of that is because... ECW wasn't Paul Heyman telling them exactly what to do, whereas the WWE and WCW was do this, do this, do this, and not allowing them to actually invest in their own creation.
0: No, that's definitely fair. You know, at the end of the day, too, what do you prefer? I mean, as a worker, I don't know. I really like Taz's matches. I think Shane is a little more of a classic old-school guy, and he's a great worker. But to me, Taz is this I don't know, I like the hard-nosed, hard-hitting suplex style. I'm sure
5: Shane Douglas is going to love what I'm about to say. <laughs> Shane Douglas was the Ric Flair of ECW. He was the guy who could go in there and have a classic wrestling match or a fight with anybody on the roster and make them look good, whereas Taz was your hooker. And he wasn't going out there necessarily to have a tight match with people. Very seldom did he have a match where, you were, where both people really shined in the match.
0: Right. He had a little bit of that Steiner Brothers in him mixed in with a, more of a submission style.
5: Well, the majority of his wrestling style was judo throws and tap outs. Right,
0: right. So right. you're not
5: exactly talking about getting over other talent. But yeah, he did get over Bam Bam Bigelow in a big way. But in fairness, Bam was a big star, and it would have looked ridiculous if Taz just threw around a 400-pound, six-foot, um, whatever, tall guy. When Taz is all about five foot six and 240
0: pounds. Yeah, and it's funny because um, I don't think Bam Bam would have allowed that to happen anyway. But you know, to give an idea of how people still believe in Taz, I listen to a lot of other podcasts. I listen to a lot of other wrestling news sites. Man, I have not heard one problem people had this week, and I know he did it from behind, of Taz choking out Cody Rhodes.
5: Yeah, and and could you imagine if another retired wrestler who we know has neck and back problems came out and did the same thing? Let's say fucking all... Even Tully Blanchard. Could mm -hmm. you imagine if Tully Blanchard had grabbed Cody
0: from behind and just choked him out? Yeah, Cody, Jake the Snake, Roberts with a DDT, and none of those... I don't, think, I don't think anybody would have been... But Taz has been more of an announcer and a manager for like going over a decade now, I want to say. It's been a
5: long time. Is, if you compare Taz's announcing and commentating to his wrestling, I'm pretty sure he's actually now officially done that more than he wrestled.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
5: So because he only wrestled until what? Uh, what? The early 2000s. And he started in what, like 87, 88? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, it's got, it's got
5: to be pretty close. But he's spent mo- almost as much of his career, if not more, now commentating.
0: Yeah, no, that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about it, but I, I haven't heard anybody else mention it. I thought it was very interesting that this guy who's been a manager and an announcer for the last so many years choked out one of their top baby faces. But I think that speaks to. How people view him, how Tony Khan probably oh. views him. The fact that Tony well, Khan likes him has the FCW belt. Where, where, where does this go? Yeah.
5: Chaz, well, has said, Chaz has said that physically he has no capability of wrestling. Right. That he has numbness in his body mm-hmm. and all kinds of... I know his son, who uh, what's his son's name, Shooter or whatever? Hook. Hook, there you go. Yeah. I know, I know that his son has a similar background. But unlike um, Dominic Mysterio, who is
0: considerably
5: taller than Ray, mm-hmm. a Hook looks to be about the same size as
0: Ted, but without the actual build. I, I'm going to read a couple. I want to get back to this debate a little bit. I'm going to read a couple things, and then we'll go who everybody voted on. Jake St. John really didn't give me a vote. That's why I'm going to read what he said. It's so tough because they both fit their role. Shane was the pro wrestler that was kingpin in a land of... Degenerate brawlers. He brought respect to the ECW World Title based on him winning the NWA World Title Tournament and brought the edge to throwing the belt down. He had the prestigious lineage that he could attach to the ECW belt. But Taz was a homegrown badass that had the ECW edge. So when he won the title and just bulldozed bigger wrestlers and shoot fighters, he was the champion ECW fans wanted. I would put Raven in this category as the three of them did their roles to get over the title. The belt always seemed to be on the right person at the right time in ECW. Well, okay. Here's the, here's,
5: the, here's the thing about Chaz, too, and obviously this will work a little bit more towards your point. Chaz is actually, you talk about homegrown. He went from being the Chaz maniac who didn't talk with the wild hair and, couldn't, and didn't really uh, do much of anything as to communicating. He went from that to being this badass who
0: came out and we cut these promos where you were like, wow, this motherfucker's legit. Yeah, he definitely uh, turned his career around and he definitely uh, brought himself to another notch. You know, at the end of the day, though, I had uh, polled uh, about four people, which was a mistake because we could have had a tie, but we didn't. (laughs) Uh, All three people really loved both these guys, but uh, in the end, they voted for Shane Douglas. So,
5: yeah, and like I said, it, the debate is not who is a bigger presence or who grew more or who drew more in um, ECW. It's who was the champion, and quite frankly, when you think about the championship, the ECW championship, one of the people that is synonymous with it is Shane Douglas. When I think of the ECW championship, I don't really think of Taz. I think of him with the FTW. I think about him feuding for belts, but I don't think about him as a champion. The two guys who I really think of as champion, to be honest with you, are Raven and Shane Douglas.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. No arguments here. At the end of the day, we love them both, but this victory is going to Shane Douglas. The franchise. So
5: Absolutely.
0: That's it for Dave and AJ. We're out. All right, everybody. It's the five three one today, and there's no music. That's because we don't have producer Joe with us. It's just Dave and AJ on our own. They left us alone to do another 5-3-1. After what <laughs> happened with Kane being the number one mass wrestler of all time last time, I thought for sure as shit this wouldn't happen again. But AJ, we're back. We're doing it. What the hell? Seems like a mistaken judgment to me, but well it yeah, fucked up. But you know what? I'm going to kick it off. And we're doing the top five greatest Bret Hart matches of all time. Now, I'm a big fan of Bret Hart. AJ's a bigger fan of Bret Hart, but <laughs> we're going to do this today, and we're going to light it up. So, I'll no, start man, off with Randy man. Osga. He's got Bret Hart's match with Mr. Perfect from 1993 King of the Ring, the semifinals, which is an awesome match. I'm glad he picked that, because I thought being that it was a semifinal of King of the Ring, people might miss that. but. Nope, we got it. Hart and Austin from uh, the I Quit match. I have a feeling that's going to be on a lot of lists. Bret Hart from Brett Hart versus Owen Hart, SummerSlam '94. Bret Hart versus the Bulldog in your house '95. Randy hitting with the deep cuts. He didn't go with SummerSlam '92, and Brett versus Piper Mania Eight. Kevin Sullivan in the background at your house. What's going on there? Yes.
5: Who left the dogs down? Yes. <laughs> My first one. It's
0: actually... Oh, hold on one second. Yeah, we gonna... Shoot on that dog. He's just going after yeah, his little, car, folks. A oh, little on the yappy side. Sorry. I've got over AF,
5: the wrestling podcast. The second best wrestling podcast behind us, maybe. It's <laughs> beautiful. I personally love these guys. They're great guys. Uh, and they are over as fuck. Um, they've got... Red vs. Perfect as SummerSlam 91. They've got the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart ladder match. Some say the original ladder match. Mm. They've got the Undertaker SummerSlam '97. Yeah, Austin at WrestleMania '13, and Savage at Slammering '98. Wow! Talk about talk about talk about going for a deep cut.
0: Yeah, that is wild. I wouldn't have thought of. Who
5: remembers? Who remembers Bret Hart versus Savage at Slammering '98?
0: There's not a lot of Bret Hart WCW matches I remember. There is one on this list that you'll eventually see that I do remember. That Savage 98 was not one of them, so good to I them. have one on my list
5: also, but I
0: have only one. I'm going to go, all right, we're going to go right into the next one here. we got Mike Flynn, who's got WrestleMania 13, Steve Austin. WrestleMania 10, Owen Hart. The Bulldog, SummerSlam 92. Piper Mania 8. And he's also got Taker from SummerSlam 97. Surprise that made two lists. But it did. It
5: is a good match. I just think that that's what we're uh, showing the referee, right? Yes, very good, man. And Fred steps on him, and he ends up taking out the
0: taker. Yes, that's right. That was uh, that was in August of '97, and it was only going to be a few months more later before those two had the infamous screw job match. But we'll get there. <laughs> Who do you yeah, got?
5: Absolutely. Dude, I got to find folks from WrestleTopia, which you should definitely check out. Mm-hmm. If you're a wrestling fan and love all things wrestling, Wrestling, so WrestleTopia is the place to go. But he's got Bret Hart versus Davy Boy, SummerSlam 92, which I think might make a few of the lists. Yep. Here's a, here's a Dark Horse, Bret versus Hakushi on Raw. Mmm. Brett versus the 1-2-3 Kid from Raw. Okay, I know
0: that one. <laughs> Brett
5: versus Diesel, SummerSlam 95. And Brett versus Razor Ramon from the Royal Rumble 93. This is a damn good list of obscure matches. He's got
0: some uh, some different ones in there, yeah. Now, I know those matches, but yeah, very good on him for doing that. He's been on the show before, great guy, love WrestleTopia. I'm going to go right to Gregor on the show, Scott from Voluntown. He's got Owen Hart at Mania 10, but he's also got Owen Hart from SummerSlam 94, the cage match. He's got Austin from Mania 13. I feel like that's going to be in our final three. Bulldog 92. And he's also got Perfect from SummerSlam 91. Now,
5: those are all rock solid. And the Mr. Perfect one, I'll be honest with you, that is such a wrestling classic. But it's hard for me to consider that one of uh, Bret's greatest matches because he's in there with someone who literally could make anyone
0: look amazing. Right, right. I mean, that's a tough, well, I mean, it's tough to say. If we look back to our list with Flair's greatest matches, how many times Steamboat makes that list too, right? I mean, good chemistry is good chemistry. And
5: it is fairness, it is. Yeah. And and Perfect did have a bad back going
0: into that match. Yeah, some people thought Brett aggravated that. (laughs) I don't believe that, though.
5: Yeah, only, only, only Kurt Henning felt that
0: way. <laughs> he doesn't count.
5: Now, now, speaking of people with great lists, this guy's only got one, but he's very, very righteous about how he feels about Oh this.
0: my God, I saw this. <laughs> Go ahead. From
5: Kevin Molnar, we've got the Iron Man triple cage on a pole match in WCW when he went against the Great El Dandy. And he makes it clear that everything else on anybody's list is trash by comparison.
0: Yes, the great L. Dandy, who was a jam up guy. I, uh, geez, I don't know why I don't remember that match, but we'll have to thank you. I,
5: I think you, I think you can actually find it on WCW's greatest matches of all time.
0: You know what? I'm gonna let you read the next one on your list too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming
5: from Tim Hartford. We've got Mr. Perfect Summerslam ninety one. We've got Shawn Michaels Iron Man match. Owen at WrestleMania ten, Bulldog at ninety-two, and Austin and WrestleMania thirteen. If that's not basically the top five matches that anybody would think mm-hmm. of big matches, I don't know if I don't know if there is a list.
0: Well, we got a write in here right now from producer Joe. He gave me four, and he gave me the honor of picking his fifth one. So let's start off with his four: Brett versus Owen Mania ten, Brett versus Austin Mania thirteen, Brett versus Sean, Survivor Series ninety-seven, and then the Survivor Series with Brett and his brothers. Oh, jeez, he's talking about the one where they took on Lawler and the Knights. <laughs> what an odd one to pick, Joe. <laughs> but well, that's, that's Joe. Yeah. And number five, since I get to pick, Gentleman's Choice, first time only, I think Brett was, uh, Joe was going to pick that uh, Canadian Stampede match where it was all five members of the Heart Foundation that took on, I believe it was Ken Shamrock, The Legion of Doom, Gold Dust, and Steve Austin. Yeah, that. You know what? That's actually a hell of a match. It is. Uh, and not many people yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it because it's like you know a multi-person match. So I'm going to put that on Joe's list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the
5: problem is is being a multi-person. It's hard to say it's somebody's defining match.
0: I wouldn't say it's a defining match, but boy, when you think about that crowd reaction, I consider that the greatest multi-person match of all time. That isn't a oh, war games. Yeah. It's even
5: better than the Survivor Series tag team um, turmoil matches where
0: they would have like. Five tag teams with ten wrestlers on each side. So, frickin' right it's, it's, it it's way better than that. <laughs> Let's
5: continue on. You have another list, I'm sure. <laughs> I well, this just came in from the Pony Express. I think part of it's by Carrier Pigeon from New Hampshire. It is Jesse coming to us live and in black and white. <laughs> it is the Harp Foundation versus Demolition, SummerSlam 1990. Mm. Brett versus the Bulldogs, SummerSlam 92. Brett
0: Austin, WrestleMania 13. Brett versus Owen, SummerSlam 94. Yes. And then, he steals a match from my list. I don't know how he saw this. Brett versus Benoit from 10499 Nitro. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm going to go right into Zach's list here. He's got Owen Hart, Mania 10. Austin, Mania 13. He's got Diesel, Kassel. Uh, the Survivor Series 95 because, to quote him, it was actually a fun Kevin Nash match and the title switched hands. How can you not like this? Bulldog 92, and then he's got Benoit Nitro, which I'm assuming is the same Nitro match. So
5: We also, that is incredible. Yes. That's, uh, I'm glad everybody's feeling my thunder. <laughs> I knew I should have went left. Uh-huh. I should have went first. <laughs> Correct. All right, so coming from the buzz, yes or the hottest new network in all of entertainment we've got brett even my daughter are fired up about it very fired up we've got brett, brett versus owen at wrestlemania 10 brett versus the Bulldogs summer slam london brett versus austin mania 13 we've got brett versus perfect king of the ring semi-final oh multiple lists that's yeah,
0: that's a good, perfect match. I can't believe that actually got in there. And then Brett versus The Undertaker has made the list again. Mm. Well, that was a good one. We're going to go to the final list, not counting me. We got, uh, and whoever else you have, I got Jake. He's got versus Owen. Uh, he didn't really specify, <laughs> but
5: we, <laughs>
0: that's but okay. All
5: of them
0: together. Yes, yeah. Stone Cold and the I Quit match. Davey Boy for the IC belt, SummerSlam. H.B.K., uh, the Montreal Screwjob for historical purposes only, and his first world title match against Ric Flair. Ironically so far, unless you got something you're about to hit me with, Ric Flair and Bret Hart, this is the only time it's made a list today.
5: Well, the funny thing is, Ric Flair does not consider that one of his better matches. If you ask him, he'll say that he wasn't really fully himself that he was having problems with his equilibrium. Yes. And Brett also not filled with the match. Didn't feel like Flair gave him everything he had. No, no. That's kind, of, that's kind yeah. of interesting that Jake lifts it mm-hmm. even though both of the wrestlers involved in it basically shit on the match.
0: Well Jake has become a Bret Hart fan over the years from talking to him. So maybe he just looks at that as like, you know, one of those big things for him. But yeah, I know what you mean. I, I was a fan when it happened But looking back at his body of work, it was definitely not one of Brett's better or Flair's better matches. So do you think COVID actually caused Jake to become a Brett fan? No. He's been a Brett fan for a few years now. I talked to him.
5: (laughs) Oh, I thought maybe a little bit of damage happened from illness. No. (laughs) So so I've got Alex Benison all the way from the great city of London over in the U.K., He's actually on The Buzz, and you can check him out. He talks all things football on The Buzz, and he's actually doing a live show while we're recording this, which I am partially watching while recording this. Mm. So, yes, I'm very focused. Mm. Owen versus Red Hart, King of the Ring. Austin, WrestleMania 13. Canadian Stampede versus Team USA, back at it again. Yeah. Bret versus the Bulldog from SummerSlam and Wembley. Hard to believe a guy over in London thought that uh, Brett versus Bulldog in uh, Wembley might be one of the top matches. <laughs> and then Brett versus HBK, I'm hoping he means the Iron Man match he did not put, Which one he means, although the
0: work rate at uh, Montreal Screwjobs to me, top rate. <laughs> they did seem to be working with each other very well. <laughs> I'm going to go with me and I I'll, I'll let you finish just, up then. I, say, I, believe
5: it, I, say, I believe it's just down to you and I.
0: Yes, I got... I got Mania 13 with Austin. I can't not put that in here. I got the Canadian Stampede. I got his uh, WrestleMania 8 match with Rowdy Piper for the IC belt. And I got both Bulldogs on here. I thought their chemistry was great. I got... Um, When I say both Bulldog, I mean both Bulldog matches. His SummerSlam 92 match, and like Randy, I also had the In Your House 95. So that In Your House 95, they uh, got a little color. It ended up being a really good match if anyone wants to check it out. I want to say that the Hog Farmer match, the Hogpen match, rather, with Henry Godwin and Triple H was also on that match, So on that card. Yes, yes, that
5: was a a team (laughs) stealer.
0: So what do you got for your final list here?
5: So I've got Brett versus Austin, the WrestleMania submission match. I think that not only did Brett elevate Austin in that match and help get Austin put really on the map, but they put together a hell of a match considering Austin, at that point in his career, not a submission wrestler. And most people going into the match were like, why the hell is this a submission match? Mm. And then it was Brett versus Sean, the Iron Man match. To be able to go as long as they did, and be able to uh, put on the shows that they did with his little red souls as they did. Absolutely phenomenal match. Brett versus Owen at Mania, obviously 10. That's uh, Brett versus Bulldog, straight to you from London at Wembley Stadium. And then I want to be very clear about this. Well, I've got Brett versus Benoit, but Mm. the Brett versus Benoit that I have is actually from the tribute show that they did right after Owen. Owen oh, passed away. Yeah,
0: right, right. It might have been almost a year. It was a little time because Brett took some time off of that, but I know what you mean.
5: Yeah, but it, but it was basically Brett's first match back. And it was in the Kemper After Arena. The, exactly. Yeah. And the emotions in that match, especially between the two of them, with Benoit coming out of the dungeon and with Brett Hart, the emotions going into that match and the match that they put on was absolutely phenomenal.
0: I agree. You know, when you got to look at what the people voted here, when I'm looking over the list, the three that jump out to my mind here, we'll see if you take... I I think the first two are obvious to me. I think it's Austin at Mania 13 and Bulldog at SummerSlam 92. After that, I tend to think that I'm seeing more Brett versus Owen at Mania 10. I don't know about you, though. What are you you seeing here? That was actually
5: the one that I was thinking, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um... I hate I hate to agree, but I think that not only did that match was it a phenomenal match, but once again you talk about him getting somebody over. Yeah. Brett does the honors for Owen in that match, really gets Owen over as your classic heel, makes him into a superstar overnight, and it really was off to the races with Owen from that now, point. Now would we say but that's Brett,
0: one of Brett's, Brett's better job. traits, getting people over? Because if you look at these final three I'm looking at here, he lost the Bulldog at ninety two as well. And WrestleMania 13, although he didn't lose, it ended up being a swap for heel versus face, and I don't think anybody got Steve Austin over more at that time to be ready for the run he got. You know, it's funny. Bret's
5: reputation is for being somewhat selfish in wrestling at this point because I think people have gotten used to the bitter Bret Hart, and and if you look at his body of work, you look at these matches, he got Bulldogs over, he got Owen over, he got often over it, it, it's just one even Sean to a point in that Iron Man match he got, was given the rub. still even early on when Sean was the Champion some of his best matches and the ones that helped get him over were versus Bret Hart when Bret was the Champion
0: quick sidebar in your opinion we don't know the man personally I'm a huge fan obviously of his work is Bret Hart the person you think guilty of caring too much I think he is. I think that he also got,
5: one of the things we talk about in wrestling is becoming a mark for your own gimmick. Mm -hmm. And that is very dangerous because you want to live your gimmick to a point because you have to make it believable and you have to make people invested in it. But when you cross the line and start to live the gimmick and be the gimmick to a point where it, it becomes a detriment, I think that's where Bret Hart lost his focus. And yeah, he started to believe that I'm a hero
0: thing a little too much. Well, no, it's, it's interesting, though. I, I don't think for a second, like, when people ask Bret his opinion about something, like, I think we both agree. He believes 100% whatever he's telling you.
5: So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, it, no it, and when I say living the gimmick, I mean a to a
0: point where you become the gimmick. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it's, yeah, it's got well, to be a real close one with him because... He is legit a member of, like, you know, like, that can't be too far who he was. You know, like, he was part of the Hart family. So, it's interesting. But I know what you mean. But it almost got to a, pa-
5: a point where, like, Pierre in Quebec going, whoa, 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 I can't, I can't lose the diesel. What are you talking about?
0: Right. I mean, and I would... Was... not
5: realize where we are, we're
0: in Quebec. I would uh, <laughs> I would argue there's a difference between Pierre and Brett, but I know what you're trying to say. No, 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 I'm, no, no, no I'm not saying that it's necessarily exactly the same. Right, right, right.
5: But, Claire Hart, when you get to Canada, the idea of him handing over the world title to Shawn Michaels in Canada, I think if it's anywhere else on the planet, but I think he legitimately felt that he would be letting Canada down so much, giving the belt to Shawn, that he just couldn't live with it.
0: We're going to... We're gonna. I'm gonna side. <laughs> we're gonna put this aside because I feel like me and you could end up doing a whole other episode about this. But we're gonna go to the final three. We got Austin 13, Bulldog 92, Owen 10. We said we're gonna have Owen in there. I I would say who's leaving first. What do you think?
5: Oh Christ! I throw Bulldog out first. Okay.
0: In the okay. great
5: scheme of things, it was a big match in the time period. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about comparing it to. Uh, that first match against Owen and that how much he got over Austin in the beginning of the Austin era, there. Yeah. That, uh, I just don't, I just, well, Bulldog never went anywhere from
0: there. Right. And,
5: right. And we can talk about this on another episode, but to me, Bulldog is one of the biggest blackdowns in the history of
0: wrestling. Mm, well, coming in hot. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I have no, no problem taking that match out, business. though. Um, at the end of the day, to me, I don't know how we don't go with Austin. And Bret Mania 13, it seems to be a popper along among our fans.
5: To me, that's Brett's signature match, and the funny thing is, is though he came away with the win in the match with Austin passing out in a puddle of blood and Shamrock standing over him, I think Bret got the least rub out of the match.
0: Well, yeah, because what was that? That was uh, WrestleMania 13, ninety-seven. So he would go on a hot streak there. That was where he would go on to do the face heel thing. He was like a heel in the U.S., but a faced everywhere else. However, that no, run was a, not very long.
5: Yeah, he did a great job with it, and obviously that's one of the hottest points in his career, but it's the little things he did in that match. It's doing what he did with Austin, but also the way he backed away from Shamrock right. after the match. Bret Hart, the hero, doesn't back away from a fight. Bret Hart crosses the line into villainy and cowardice by all of a sudden going
0: no 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 and backing away from shamrock that had been the opposite of his character no agreed i remember when he did that in my mind like okay this is he's going to be a bad guy now this is official you know Um, yeah yeah black the hero would have never
5: backed away
0: no nonetheless when it gets down to his great work he's got a lot of great matches on here we all love but it seems like Mania 13 is his signature match when it comes to the Working Fans podcast. And uh, it does seem to make a lot of top all-time lists as well. So, Well,
5: well here's the funny thing. And we can talk about this on another podcast uh, at another time. But some might even
0: argue that that's the Austin signature match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that could definitely... I Man, we got like... I got like hurricane winds happening at my house.
5: <laughs> on that note. I'm going through the same thing. That's why the dogs are going
0: nuts. Yeah. On that note, we were happy <laughs> to bring this 531 for you while we are still here. <laughs> Alright everybody, that's Dave, this is Dave that's AJ, we're
2: out. Alright so that wraps us up for this week, thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast so as always you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod, we have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also that's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod and then as always please, continue to